Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. We're excited to be in our fourth year. It's been a labor of love and now that now needs your support. We urge you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund, or make a donation so we may continue to inspire women to age with purpose, resilience, and self-care. Visit womenover70.com and join today. So we're excited today to have Katherine Johns in our studio. Katherine just turned 70, and despite recent back surgery, she is as dynamic as ever. She grew up in Glenview, Illinois, and we met through business networking, and she and her career caught our attention. Catherine, welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Well, thank you, Gail. I'm delighted to be here. Along with speaking to business organizations, professional associations, and women's groups, Catherine coaches entrepreneurs and executives to craft a clear, compelling message and deliver it with confidence and charisma so they can attract clients and referrals. Midwesterners remember Catherine for her career in Chicago radio as a news anchor, talk show host, and morning show side chick. She developed the ability to tell a riveting story inspire interaction, and dance with whatever happens next. That broadcasting background was a big plus when most speaking and training went virtual. Doing a presentation on Zoom, she says, has a lot in common with a radio talk show. So again, Catherine, thank you for being with us today. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited about the conversation we're about to have. (laughs) Thank you. So let's let's start by your telling us what, what led you to a career in radio and why were you drawn to this type of work? Well, there was this guy in my dormitory, see? Funny how many stories start out like that, right? <laughs> yes. I was actually a nursing major at Valparaiso University because it was the 60s, very early 70s, 1970, I guess I started college. And that's what girls did, right? Teacher, nurse, they used to call them stewardesses, right? Mm-hmm. There were The options were not as extensive as they are now. So I was headed for a nursing school. And this guy in my dorm said to me one night, you know, you have an amazing voice. You should be on the radio. Me? I, I had never considered such a thing. And I thought it was ridiculous. And I had a crush on the guy. So I went with him to audition for a show on the campus radio station. The awkward thing was I got a show and he didn't, um, which. That was the end of the relationship. (laughs) Well, there was never going to be a relationship anyway, because he was gay. I I didn't know that. I'm not sure he knew that yet. You know, it was a different era. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yes, there was no romance there, but there was the beginning of a different career. I was still a nursing major, and it was more and more difficult for me for a variety of reasons, personality being one of them. And I uh, liked this radio stuff. So when the faculty of the College of Nursing suggested that I make myself available for some other opportunity, (laughs) I decided to go study (laughs) broadcasting, change schools, change majors, and there you go. Wow. (laughs) So that was the beginning of a career you've loved, huh? I did love it. And it wasn't so easy, interestingly, in that era 
you know, I made up my mind pretty quickly that what I wanted to do was news because that seemed like where there could be opportunities for women. But when I went to register for classes at Western Illinois University, the head of the department asked me why I wanted to be in broadcasting and told me to my face, he didn't really think there was a place for women in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Like that would never happen today, I don't think. But it was a really different era. Uh, and he was right. There weren't a huge number of women in broadcasting. Every station had one, and they all had voices like mine, lower end of the female register, because why? They're the most like men's voices, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, there's a much broader acceptance now for both men and women in broadcasting of what voices can be heard. But back then, it was really limited as women were just beginning to get into the field. So did you ever doubt your choice in spite of that kind of uh, advice? Every time I got fired, I <laughs> doubted it. And, and there were a bunch of those, I might add, which is not uncommon in broadcasting. People tend to work in smaller markets and then move their way up into larger markets, which is exactly the path I followed. It was a little crooked at times, but uh, I wound up in Chicago four years after I graduated from college, which wasn't mm, bad. That's not bad, right? And where did you wind up? At WLS. And I stayed there for 18 years before somebody woke up one day and said, I don't think she's that good. <laughs> it's a fickle business, y'all. Is that a, is that a, a, a way of saying she's getting older? What was that about? Um, oh, I, maybe partly. Um, there, I do think that it is challenging for women more so than for men. I mean, I have former colleagues who are still working in radio in their 70s, but not many women last mm-hmm. that long. So yes, there is a thing, even though, you know, radio, the whole reason I loved it in the first place was people couldn't see me. You wouldn't think age would be such a big issue. Mm-hmm. But if you've been sitting there at the same radio station for almost 20 years, people can figure out you're not young. <laughs> so you were a news anchor. Mm-hmm. And, and well, tell us about that part first. What, as a news anchor, what, what, uh, what times of day did you, did you uh, report and what did that mean exactly? Well, they hired me to do morning drive. And, you know, I had worked in smaller markets where hiring was kind of a wish and a promise that you do a phone interview. When I, when I, the first time I got fired was in um, the Quad Cities and I landed a job in what turned out to be Jackson, Mississippi. I didn't know that. I answered a blind ad in Broadcasting Mm -hmm. Magazine. And the program director talked to me on the telephone for maybe half hour, 40 minutes, and literally said to me, God willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll see you a week from Monday. (laughs) And that was not uncommon that people got hired on a phone interview because people could listen to your tape and they either liked the sound or they didn't. And if they did, they were pretty sure you were going to work out. Well, WLS was a whole different deal, right? In a major market, I came in for an interview. They made me do a writing test. They had me do a newscast with the person I would be co-anchoring with to make sure our voices worked well together. So it was a much more rigorous process to wind up here in Chicago. Did you? And, not, were you co-anchoring with a man? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you didn't have two women on a newscast together no, ever. That's recent. <laughs> it is recent. Yeah. 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 And that was sort of the model, right? A, a male, 
in my case, it was Jeff Hendricks who had a voice like this. And, <laughs> and then I'm Catherine Johns. So our voices could um, play together nicely. <laughs> and, and did you do reporting or, I mean, did you, did you go out to make yeah. stories? Yeah. Um, that was the deal. We were on the air. We did morning drive. So we came to work early in the morning, got off the air at nine and then went out and covered some story. And, you know, it wasn't, we weren't exactly investigative reporters. I mean, we trotted around with a cassette recorder and went to news conferences or went to a city council meeting or a county board meeting and came up with some kind of story for the new news. So Catherine, tell us what, what, what well, you were a talk show host too, and a, and a morning show side chick. <laughs> so what? the side chick thing came in when WLS started doing what has become the standard morning format, which is a group of people having fun. There's usually one principal player that would be Larry Lujak in my case, and then a side chick, a sports geek, a, you know, a traffic bimbo. There were they went by different. Uh, categories, but mm -hmm. there was this cast of characters that was being created. And that was considered brand new back then. Now that's what everybody does. And it was really wonderful to have an opportunity to just be on the radio, as opposed to reading a script to have a conversation. And I turned out to be good at it. And I had some, uh, had the benefit of working with Larry Lujak, who was just a master of it. So I learned a lot working with him and then later with Fred Winston. Uh, when I started that work, people used to say to me, I listen to you every morning because I only have AM in my car. <laughs> <laughs> then everybody got FM in their cars and stations like WLS were in trouble. And that's where the transition to talk occurred because it got to the place where you really couldn't make money as a music station on AM. And so it became a talk station and I continued to do news for a little while and then talked my way into a position as a talk show host. They had the week of women and they put a different woman on the air every evening for a week and called it auditions. And in the end, I got the evening show and it was considered a very big deal. Mm -hmm. um, even though it was the evening shift, which was like the least lucrative and the least had the least listeners, um, having a woman hosting a show was a big thing. Sure. And it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> so, and then when did you leave? When they fired me. <laughs> was, yeah, um, 1987, they decided to go in a different direction. New management, whatever. It just I just wasn't the thing for them anymore. And... I actually thought that all I could do was radio. And so I had to find another radio job. It took me almost a year. And I wound up doing the morning show with John Landecker at Oldies 104.3. And that lasted for a couple of years. And then they eliminated my spot. And I had a different feeling then that maybe radio was not the place for me anymore. And that maybe I could do something different. So what was that something different you decided to do? I got very interested in speaking. And then I thought about standing up in front of all those people and they were looking at me. 
Um, and that made me a little nervous, but I was kind of dipping my toe in that water. And I talked to somebody at a National Speakers Association meeting about, you know, I like smaller groups. It's interactive. It's back and forth. It's not like a, it's me on a stage. And they said, oh, you want to be a trainer. I thought <laughs> trainers had weights or dogs or something. I had <laughs> never had training. All right. One time. WLS got a voicemail system when voicemail was new. Yes, I know I'm dating myself. I can do that on this show, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they brought in a trainer to teach us how to use voicemail. Other than that, I, you know, I just worked. I did never have training. They didn't do that in my industry. So it was a whole different thing. I went and studied up on training and they were right. That was what I wanted to do. And it was going to be something around communication and I wound up with a great position at a New York-based firm doing presentation skills training. And of course, to do that, I had to learn how to do presentations, which was another whole story. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like to tell us about it? So people were looking at me, yikes. And this is something I really want to get into with you all, because maybe, maybe you too and some of your listeners have had similar concerns, or maybe not, maybe you're just more naturally confident than I ever was. But I was not confident about how I looked. And the idea of people looking back at me was um, challenging and, mm -hmm. and remained so for a good long while. In, and when I started doing presentation skills training, um, obviously that meant standing in front of a group. It was typically a smallish group, but still, it was really an effort for me to get over that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I work with my clients on today about letting go, because for, for most speakers, um, we do better when we focus on our audience as opposed to ourselves. It's really easy to stand up on a stage or at the front of the room and feel self-conscious. How do I look? How's my hair? Is my dress okay? What am I saying? Is there spinach in my teeth? Whatever. And in order to really connect with an audience, I need to let go of all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not so easy, right? Right. No, but you do have to learn to do it. You really do. So, you know, when we spoke, you shared many skills that you've gained through your career. And I, I wonder if you'd like to tell some of our listeners about them. What you had, you know, I hear you keep talking about you were fired many times. You had some great jobs. You you were in New York. You were in Chicago. You were even in Jackson, Mississippi. I got around. Yeah, you got around. You were a gal who got around. And so... Uh, share with us, Catherine, some of the skills that you learned and how you manage going through those ups and downs. Well, I, I think a big piece of it, obviously, I had practical skills related to radio. So reading copy and, and doing it very well and a sense of timing and pleasant voice. I mean, that all was part of the territory. But I think in the beginning, um, I was tremendously self-conscious, especially about my physical appearance. And so that was a thing I had to get over. Um, so starting over is a skill in and of itself. I mean, there are people who, who find themselves in, a, in the needing to make a change in their career and just get stuck mm -hmm. um, because it's scary to try something new or I loved what I used to do and I don't really want to do anything else, or I think I can't learn those new skills. So 
resilience, I guess, is one of the things that I developed um, and really being willing and able to start fresh um, mm. and, and to create relationships with a new team. And that, you know, I'm joking about being fired a lot, although that's not uncommon in broadcasting, that people change jobs frequently, especially in smaller markets. Formats change, management changes, all kinds of stuff goes on that have people packing it up and moving on down the road. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, Catherine, one more question about the physical appearance, because I'm wondering if this was feedback that you got from others about your appearance, or was this your own in internal messages that were going on for you? I'm going to say a little of both, Catherine, because mm-hmm. um, I came to um, radio with some natural self-consciousness already. But also, can I just say that people can be mean mm-hmm. and it's much worse now than it was when I was in radio. I mean, think what people say on Twitter, for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. So I would get mail from people telling me I was too ugly to be on the radio or, and especially harping about my weight. And, you know, it, it seems that it shouldn't make a difference in radio. People can't mm-hmm. see you after all. But then you do a few appearances your picture shows up in the paper. People come up to the radio station, stand outside the studio and watch through the glass, whatever. You know, I was in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Eventually people catch on. And it's I, I think likely it is worse for women that people target appearance issues. Mm-hmm. So it, it became increasingly challenging for me. I know you've written a book now on on all of this, right? Uh, Show up and shine: simple steps to boost your confidence and charisma. I have book? indeed, and I and it's um, written for women, and it is about showing up. Um, it's easy for women, and maybe for men too, but especially for women, to kind of hide their light under a bushel basket because mm-hmm. they're concerned about how they look or about their age or about um, they, they don't have the educational background that somebody else has, or they don't have the finances to dress the way somebody else does or whatever. We can find a million reasons to criticize ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very common for women not to let themselves shine. And so my book was about how to step into um Yeah, how to step into shining. And one thing that people often think is that you have to be an extrovert to shine, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's about being visible and being out there and being loud and being shiny. And, and I vigorously dispute that and have worked with clients who are quite introverted, and not terribly comfortable in the spotlight. And yet, they can shine. So the way I put it is you, you can shine like the sun or you can shine like the moon, which is more of an attractive energy or a softer energy. Mm. And that's a, that's a different kind of charisma. And people can be very successful with that. How would you describe yours, your charisma? Oh, I, I got the sun thing going. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm... mostly I get noticed. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can get shy once in a while, but um, yeah, mostly I'm center stage, taking up space, making it 
um, being comfortable in that spot now. And, and that took me some time to get to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm can just you... curious if, may I just ask a question okay. about what in your background prepared you to, to have the courage uh, to go into a brand new career, male dominated, uh, deal with issues around appearance and um, being the, for many oftentimes the only female. What was there something in and how you grew up that prepared you for this? That's a really good question, and I and no, um, and <laughs> no. and the reason I say no, I'm confident saying no is I remember what happened when I went when I came back to Chicago and started working on the air here. People who had known me, like my high school classmates, for instance, were flabbergasted. I mean, mm. I was the last person they would have expected oh, okay. to hear coming out of the dashboard of their car on their way to work. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it was um, some of it was luck um, because I just met the right people and got the right suggestions and and came into it at the right time when um, program directors and news directors were under some pressure to begin to hire at least one woman on their staff. So mm -hmm. I probably benefited from that. And, and then some of it was the longer I did it, the better I got at it. And mm -hmm. I made my mistakes in small markets and had a chance to get better before I wound up back here in Chicago. Mm. Well, I've seen you do a few presentations and you certainly have the stature and the confidence that people want to have when they're when they're going to be in front of others. So congratulations on this road you've taken. Well, thank you. Um, when I work with clients, it's about developing that confidence and that stature. And really, it comes from putting my attention on the audience. What mm -hmm. I learned as I began to do more speaking was it doesn't serve me well to be thinking about what are they thinking about me? Do I look okay? How's my hair, right? If I'm thinking that in front of an audience, I'm doomed. Mm -hmm. I need to have my attention really on them. And, and then I sort of recede into the background in my own mind so that it's not so much about me and I can be very comfortable and very natural in front of a room full of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, again, when you and I spoke, you, you talked about your mother and grandmother who both had Alzheimer's. And so, you know, we always like to ask our guests, do you think about your own aging and, and uh, you know, what are your plans for the future? And so what comes up for you in all of that? Well, it, it's a little scary, as you might guess. I mean, mm -hmm it gives me reason to try to take really good care of myself. It gives me reason to get a little nervous every time I can't remember somebody's name. And, you know, that does happen once in a while. Um, and yeah, it's something I worry about. I have, ooh, I have not been completely comfortable about this aging thing and I'm working at it. Um, sort of coming to an acceptance of here I am at 70 and yikes, I don't even, ooh, the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not alone in that. Um, and I'm not interested in extreme measures to try to hang on to my misspent youth. Um, but I'm sort of still in the process, I would say, of getting comfortable 
with 70. <laughs> so is it the number itself? Is it that you feel differently or you look at other people, other women around you who are 70 or older and see some something different? What? No, it really is the number. I mean, mm. did I look any different on my 70th birthday than I did the day before? No. Um, you know, I've gradually looked older over a lot of years and I've sort of accepted that. Um but yeah, there's something about the number. I got a little, I had fun with it. Um, I think I might've mentioned this to you, Gail. On my 70th, um, sorry, my 50th high school reunion was supposed to be in 2020. And of course it was canceled because of COVID. And so we regrouped and tried again in 2021 and it was canceled again because there was the Delta variant. And so we came around one more time this year. Now it's 52. Who has a 52nd reunion? <laughs> so we called it the class of 70 turning 70. Because uh -huh. yeah. one after another, all year long, we've been turning 70. And I kind of put that out there and there's no hiding from it anymore. So <laughs> I'm, I'm learning to adjust to being 70 in public. <laughs> Well, you you uh, certainly have a good career ahead of you here. I think you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I hope so. If anybody needs a good speaker about presence and presentation skills, you know where to find me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate having you on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. And uh, it was wonderful speaking with you, Catherine. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you, Catherine. Now, at the beginning of the show, we urged you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund. Aging Reimagined Circle supports our online monthly interactive programs. Well, lend your voice to these probing discussions. Visit womenover70.com to join and make a difference. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. <laughs>